Winnaker Weekly is a three-episode-in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. I'm Andrew. I'm Lee. And this is Whitaker Weekly. Let's get right to it. A uh, little bit of news this week. Um, Crunchyroll is going to bring the Konosuba movie to the States. Yay! Which I am very excited about. More Konosuba is always a good thing. Um, uh, I should probably... The, the trailer features uh, Kazuma uh, running into what seems to be uh, Megumin's family. I think so, yes. Or part, members of her clan, at least. Um, so, but, so uh, the, I just remember there being like the end of the trailer. Uh, it was never subtitled, but it just, or maybe it was, and it was just this little girl shouting, "Dad, she brought a man home." Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Uh huh. That's that one. Um, I, hope so. I can't wait. Speaking of Konosuba, we should send out. Uh, we should tweet out that um, that uh, that meme you showed me. Uh, oh, yeah. Where it compares the Konosuba oh. characters to uh, Pokemon. Yeah, so, some brilliant person uh, compared the Konosuba characters to Pokemon. And, uh, yeah, my son identified the Pokemon immediately. Oh, yeah? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. It's a pretty good picture. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I'm super excited to see that movie. Glad it's coming over. Uh, next, just barely today, Nintendo has announced and revealed the Switch Lite. Mm. Uh, it's only two hundred dollars, but you cannot dock it. There's no docking capabilities. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's, it's intended it's, for just handheld. Yeah, it's a it's a portable handheld, and you just take it around with you. Put your Switch games in it. It's smaller, and yeah, it doesn't disassemble like the Switch. So you know, yeah. fewer pieces, mm -hmm. fewer pieces to lose as you're going around. So it doesn't have the motion controls. It doesn't have the uh, the the IR tracking technology and stuff like that. Um, right. So, yes. for, so it might not be as compatible with some of the games that it needs to do. But mm -hmm. for most games that seem to be coming out for it, I mean, the three games I own, it'll be playable. I mean, I'm not getting one. I, I like I already have the Switch. I don't need the Switch Lite. Um, but, uh, you know, like someone was talking to me at work about it today. He's just like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Why are they doing that? And I, and I told him how many versions of the Game Boy Advance did Nintendo release? Now, now that they're kind of, <laughs> and they now that they're kind of doing away, now that they're kind of doing away with the Game Boy, like, it, it, isn't that what they're doing with the Switch? Is that no? That they're, uh, it, it's now the the both the Game Boy and console. Nintendo, like, I are they still seen... make, or are they still making? You know, like they said Game today Boy in titles. the, they're not really making Game Boy titles. Um, uh, well, well, I mean, yeah, I they mean, haven't made they I mean, haven't made Game Boy games in a long, long time. Uh, but it's it's the DS line of things, right? Um, and uh, they said that the Switch Lite is not it does not mean they are no longer going to support the 3DS. Um, now, I don't what know does, what specifically does support mean because if they're not making new games for it, I mean, support can mean different things. Well, here's the thing with Nintendo. They've always kept things very, very close to the chest. They might have some stuff planned for the 3DS. I don't know. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, I haven't really gotten any new games for my 3DS in a while because I really haven't needed needed any, any new games for it. But anyways, yeah. Um, also, I don't know if this is recent um, or how recent this is, but I shared the video with you. It did. Um, and... Uh, Somebody, I, I don't remember what his name is, but apparently he's a pretty big guy in the StarCraft community where he makes animated shorts and stuff. Uh, he has released StarCraft Cartooned, where it takes all of StarCraft mm -hmm. and replaces it with characters of his style and animated <laughs> animations in his style. And it's freaking adorable. Uh, go check it out, especially if you're a StarCraft fan. I just... I just realized that I crave something that will probably never exist, but how awesome would it be if it did? I mean, you have your StarCraft cartoon mod here, and I was just remembering um, that anime-style 
of uh, Star Wars, mm-hmm. the, 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 the X-Wing versus TIE Fighter Star Wars anime that they made. So they got, somebody made like a 10-minute short. I don't remember that at all. You don't? Oh, I'll have no. to share it with you because it just, it looks absolutely fantastic. And I thought how great it would be to have. Um, now it's not it's not the title X Wing versus Tie Fighter. It's not the video game based. It's just a battle between the Empire and the Rebels as, as an anime style. Okay. Um, and I just thought that would be cool. How cool it would be if you know there was a mod for something like um, uh, Battlefront or. Mm-hmm. Where it it was more of a tune style game like that. Hmm. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Also. Um. I'm pretty That'd sure. Cool. I'm pretty sure it was Wario 64's Twitter uh, account that I saw this on. But just as I was wrapping up on watching our episodes for today, um, I saw that uh, they released the trailer for the very first Lupin the Third CG movie, and it looks mm. awesome. Really? It looks way awesome. Uh, if you guys don't know who Lupin the Third is, he's one of the most famous uh, characters in a- in anime. Been around for, you know, 40, 50 years at this point. I'm not quite sh- quite certain on the dates. But uh, Lupin the Third, uh, like, they've done an incredible job making these people just look fantastic in this CG trailer. Fantastic. I'm so, definitely going to check that out. Yeah, definitely. You, ch- you should definitely check it out. Um, okay. But, yeah, that's it kind of for the news on my part. Was there anything you wanted to share? Uh, nothing comes to mind. Okay. Uh, well, let's uh, go I ahead. know I know Anime Expo just uh, just wrapped up, and uh, oh, we yeah? weren't able to make it to that. But that was uh, this uh, that was this week, and apparently yeah. there's apparently you know one of the big things about it was uh, it made it on the news, like on stand. I don't know if it was CNN or some other major news network, but it um, uh, there was a, a seven point one earthquake in the vicinity. Uh-huh. And everybody thought and there, so there was a helicopter footage of just outside the anime expo saying, you know, that this this place had just evacuated all these people for it. And like, no, no, they weren't evacuated. That's the line of people still trying to get into anime expo. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> uh, apparently the um apparently a lot of people were complaining about uh mismanagement of uh lines of uh getting people in in a uh, efficient manner hmm. so okay well and, and um i don't know if they still have like they were at i want to say they were at the there was some convention center some very famous convention center but i don't know where if they're gonna can st- still be there uh I don't know how long their contract for that was. The last mm-hmm. time I went to Anime Expo, they were at the Long Beach Convention Center, and but that was back in 07. So that was 12 years ago. I didn't remember that you went to that. Yeah, I went to Anime Expo. I took Mark with me. Oh, that's uh, right. I remember that. Mm-hmm. We drove. Um, and yeah, Mark went cosplaying as Link, and I didn't cosplay at all. And... Uh, yeah, that was where I found uh, Subasa, the manga. Series. Oh, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's where I got started on. That's it. right. Toby, hi, hi. Oh, oh. Yeah, and now he's yeah. Apparently, he decided to check out this fan that I was using to cool myself off since it's too hot to actually have a fan running. Uh, anyway, so yeah, let's go ahead and just dive into three episodes in. Uh, this week was your pick, and this is week two of. Uh, uh, Americans in anime. Uh, so, how about you go ahead and uh, say what we uh, what we watched for this episode? So this week we watched Super Dimension Fortress Macross. Later adapted into Robotech. This is from the description on uh, Amazon Prime. Super Dimension Fortress Macross is a Japanese science fiction anime series created by Shoji Kawamori. The show takes place ten years after an alien spaceship the size of a city crashed into South. Atlia Island? Atalia? Mm-hmm. South Atalia Island. The spaceship was found and reconstructed by humans who turned it into the SDF-1 Macross. Super Dimension Fortress Macross. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I ended up looking up at the... So, the moment the show started and really kind of introduced the main character... I had to take a step back and realize that I had never, 
I had never watched the original Macross. I've seen some Robotech. I've not seen all of it, but I've seen some Robotech. And mm-hmm. um, I didn't know that, you know, Rick Hunter was just the dub name for mm-hmm. Rob- Robotech. And that uh, the main character's name was actually... Uh, did I have it written down here? Rick uh, Hunter is what he's called in Robotech, but in this one yes. he is, uh, he is. I've got the names here. It's uh, Hikaru Ichio. Ich- Ichio. Yeah. I- sorry, Ichijo. Ichijo. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. So Hikaru. He keeps, there's what. Uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, so the opening starts off with, um, it's like the distant future, the year 1999. Gotta love those old sci-fis. Mm-hmm. In the year 1999. I think Mega Man, the original games were like in the year 1990, 1999X, you yeah. know? Something like that. Uh, Stinko Man 20XTX. Stinko Man 20XT6. <laughs> Anyway, in the distant future, the year 1999, a city-sized spaceship crashes lands on Earth. Ten years later, in the year 2009, the events of Macross begin. Ten years ago, these events happened. So according to this, this is now uh, historical documents. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're, We're currently in the year, I'm pretty sure, I need to look it up again, but I think... Pretty sure this was what I thought I learned is that nineteen is twenty nineteen is the year of the events that Akira takes place. Is Akira in twenty nineteen? Yeah. Huh. So, all those old sci-fi's. <sighs> all of them got it wrong. <laughs> anyway. Okay, uh, so yeah, it starts off, um, and uh, it starts off th- that s- ship crashes into Earth, yes. and uh, se- several a whole lot of stuff on its way in. Several nations get together and realize that this means we're not alone in the universe, and we need to put our differences aside, and uh, you know, prepare for whatever's out there. Um, but not and every nation in the world apparently uh, agrees. I mean, nope. in Robotech, they, I think they cut this out completely. But in Macross, they have the unification war that takes place yep. between 1999 and 2009. Yeah, I think I think in Robotech, I'll have to rewatch it just to be sure. It's been a couple of years, but I'll have to rewatch it. But I'm pretty sure, yeah, they just humanity just united together to uh, put their differences With... aside and united together. But in this one, yeah. no, like there are nations that still and, you know, I think that's a far more realistic outlook on it. Um, I agree completely that uh, there will be nations that are still extremely self-serving and put themselves before, you know, uh, the, the good of the world. Um, I mean, we're seeing stuff like that right now. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, okay, so the, the show starts with a... Um, uh, what's his name? Captain Global. And the mayor or some head honcho being um, taxied down to um, the fortress, to Macross, mm-hmm. the fortress. Um, and uh, yeah, Captain, uh, Captain Global is well, kind of distracted mm-hmm. and oh boy, just so he just, his character design reminded me of so many other things of that era. I mean, very, very just typical. He's an old soldier looking guy, kind of a stern older man uh, who's in com- I mean, who's in command. So, some of these other shows that we've done, like um, Captain Harlock and uh, how was the other one? Uh, Galaxy Express 999 just had mm-hmm. characters that looked like this. These grizzled generals, mm-hmm, these grizzled old men. Uh, yeah, that was quite, that was quite the trope back in the day. It still kind of is, but at least these days they don't look like the exact same person. Yeah, yeah there's a bit more variety, which is mm-hmm. a funny thing to say about today's anime. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, so no, yeah, he's brought in at the same time. Um, Roy Falker is um, demonstrating to the people there. Uh, there's a, a great big air show happening, and he's announcing it. And what happens in the middle of this air show that Rick Falker is trying to, or uh, sorry, Roy Falker? I'm getting Rick Hunter put in there. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, Roy's, yeah. Roy. <laughs> As I was taking notes for the show, I kept needing to remind myself, no, his name is Hikaru here. He is not Rick Hunter. He is Hikaru. He's not even <laughs> brunette. He's not even brunette Rick Hunter in Macross. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyways, uh, so um, Hikaru is uh, on his way to um, to this celebration because they're cel- like today's when they're scheduling to launch Macross, and that's what everybody's celebrating. And uh, Roy's out there making some announcements and stuff, announcing the, their fighters, showing off the skills of their pilots and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but uh, he comes up, and um, Misa, who's another very important character, uh, she is the comms officer, pretty much for uh, for the SDF uh, SDF one, or mm-hmm. I guess uh, yeah, for uh, Macross. Yes. Um, and the, the uh, SDF one. Yeah. yeah, the SDF one, and then she, uh, she you know. She confirms he's, that he's there as a yeah. guest, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm here. Um, I was and invited by Roy type thing," and uh, he's in a propeller jet that's got a big old propeller on the back. Um, yep. uh, and uh, he doesn't do what she tells him to. She tells him go over here and land. He decides to go ahead and interrupt the show of the pilots because he and Roy are old friends and he's kind of upset at Roy a little bit. So, uh, and we can go into that a little bit later and why he's upset yeah. with Roy, but, uh, he... Roy is Roy proceeds to announce that two fighter jets are going to pass each other 20 meters off the ground, only meters apart from each other at top speed of, I, what was it? 600 kilometers per mm-hmm. second or some, some ridiculously fast speed. Yeah. And, and uh, what does he do? And Rick, it's not Rick, bah, Hikaru, I'm going to do that this entire episode. It's so true. I'll probably end up calling Misa Lisa as well. Um, But anyways, uh, Hikaru uh, decides to break up their flight. And he outflies these guys in these super high-tech uh, jet fighters. Um, yep. They haven't revealed exactly what the technology is behind them, but they've used alien technology to increase the abilities of these planes. And in this propeller plane that just happens to have a jet engine on the back, he outflies them and does tricks that only Roy knows how to do. And Roy's just like, wait a minute, when did you learn how to do that? And he's like, duh, you taught me. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so, so eventually he comes down and... Uh... Roy's giving him the third degree, like, you know, mm-hmm. don't don't get cocky just because you won the amateur pilot competition two or three times. Like two or three. And what like about the other four times. Like, what about the four you didn't count? Seven. <laughs> well, who cares about seven times? Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, he's won it seven times. According to the wiki, um, so I kind of like later on. I looked up the ages of some of the characters just because some of something Hikaru says to Misa in uh, I want to say episode. I think it's what? episode two. And he calls um, her an old lady. Yeah, well, yeah, he calls her an old lady. I wrote that down, but Rick is six sixteen at this point. Ah, he is sixteen, and he won that competition seven times. He has been winning it since he was nine. Okay. Assuming it's annual. Yes. Assuming that it's annual, he has been winning since he was nine. That just shows how good Hikaru is. And I'm pretty sure I just called him Rick on accident. That is, that is, uh, that just shows how good Hikaru is as a pilot. And he just, yeah, he outshines these other guys like it's nothing. Uh, but yeah. And as, as they're talking, it's then that Rick says that, uh, you promised after the unification war, you would come and, uh, you would come come back back to my, uh, to my dad's uh, flight show. Yes. And uh, that's why he's upset with Roy, because Roy didn't keep his promise. So... And he he addresses Roy as senpai the entire time. Yeah. And I think that's one of the... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and blame Macross on the ra- ra- rampant misspelling of senpai that we have here in America. There is no M. It's an N. It is senpai, not senpai. Ah. Uh, 
So every time I saw it, I was just like, it's not senpai, it's senpai. Yeah, the uh, the subtitles in this particular uh, work mm-hmm. were were difficult to read because, okay, now I was watching this, uh, we've been streaming this on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. and I streamed it directly to my laptop when I watched mm-hmm. it today. And the subtitles, I had some pro- technical issues with them because it didn't differentiate who was talking when multiple people were talking at the same time and then the text yeah. would go by too fast. Yeah. And so I was losing information as the show was going on and multiple people were talking at the same time. And sometimes, you know, someone would start talking, someone else would start talking, and then suddenly both of their texts are there. And then per- one person finishes talking and the other person's text yeah. stays. It's definitely... So- so it's I had definitely that a problem. drawback on uh, hi Kitty, uh, drawback on um, Amazon's uh, huh, on Amazon's uh, Amazon's part. Their subtitles aren't that great. Um, you can now, like now, like I've had I I've say that, but you can adjust. Shows. You can't. Well, not I, always. I they're not great, but you can no. you can adjust the size and things like that. So you actually have a lot of freedom for it. But I had the same problem when all that stuff happened. Though I just kind of went eh. Oh, that that that's an encoding problem on the episode itself. Mm-hmm. I've actually worked with video where I've had to put in my own subtitles or my own um, audio track for hard of hearing. Um, uh-huh. Closed captioning. Close, I've had to put in my own closed captioning before. And what you do is you have to say, okay, you're putting in this text, and that text is going to appear from this time code to this time code. And then mm-hmm. it just automatically assigns a location for it. And, and people have control over the font and the size and the color. And so mm-hmm. it's just... And so it's encoded in. And I have had no problem with the subtitles on other Amazon Prime anime, including um, uh, Made in Abyss. No problems at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm conti- I'm still watching, uh, how do you pronounce it? Katakuri Circus? Whatever that... Uh, oh, you've been watching that? I've, I've continued watching that. It's really good. I'm really I, enjoying it. I just haven't really had the time to sit down and watch it. And there's just so many shows that have been coming out that I've been, I've been trying to keep up with those shows. I've, but I really I've need to find to... some time to sit down and watch more of that. Because I loved the episodes we watched. Oh, yeah. So. No, it's, it's, it gets really good. It does. And Well, um, well uh, like yeah, I said... And, and a lot of the shows that we've been watching have started wrapping up. I mean... Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we uh, the seasons have closed for... Um, uh, uh, the 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 magician, uh, the wise man's grandson, and um, what's that other isekai? Uh, Shield Hero. Shield Hero. Yes, of course. Yeah. There's other shows I've been watching as well, not just those, but yeah. Um, anyways, let's get back to talking about um, Macross. Uh, so uh, while they're talking, um, Roy's just like, "Hey, why don't you come over here? And I'll go and show you uh some of these planes up close." And so yeah. he goes up. He goes up with Roy, and while Roy is showing him these planes, um, we uh, uh, we cut to space, and an alien fleet has just arrived, and they've been tracking something, and they now, send a couple of. Now I remember in uh, in uh, Robotech they call themselves the Zentradi. Do they mention what they're That's called in this one? Not yet, but according to the wiki, the Macross wiki, they're still called the Zentradi. So okay. there's actually a ton of similarities between Robotech and Macross. I think the biggest differences in Robotech uh, in Robotech are uh-huh. it's not the original Macross series because a lot of that's just the exact same. It's that the next two shows they change the plots of those and um, changed shuffled around the characters and stuff right. to make them fit in the same universe. I imagine. Um, because because of the time period of when it was all put together, I imagine it is a lot similar to the what uh, uh, Deke did to Sailor Moon. You know, name changes, making it a bit more Americanized, and then yeah, um, as the show went on, they had to make more and more changes until mm-hmm. eventually they couldn't. Well, they couldn't hold on to it anymore. Two of the characters that we haven't met yet that end up getting married. Um, her their daughter is uh, is the main character of season two. Uh-huh. Of Robotech and uh, Hikaru is uh, is an admiral in season three, uh, uh-huh. but you know he's with Hunter in season three, um, but he's not really around. He and uh, he was the he okay. was uh, anyways. Yeah, anyways. I've never I haven't yeah. seen any of this. Mm-hmm. So. so that said, though, as I was looking up this character, who's the dad of the the the. the Who's main the dad of the, the main character of season two? Uh, uh, 
in across he has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven daughters with the same wife, and then an adopted daughter as well. So they okay. have a big family. Okay then. Yeah. Well done, Anyways. Samwise. Huh? <laughs> well done, Samwise. Well done, Sam. Well done, Samwise. Uh, anyways, uh, so those, uh, so this enemy fleet appears, and they send a couple of scout ships out because they've been tracking this old ship. Um, and uh, the Macross turns on on its own. Yes, it does. And this is something that Doug explained to me trying to, years ago. He told me about this scene, um, and just seeing it in action is just so amazing. Yeah, I've seen it in Robotech, but I wanted to talk about it here as well. Uh, where the SDF-1, the Macross, turns on. Everyone's on board saying, "What's the ship's turning on on its own. It's not responding to any of our controls. What's happening? It opens up, and it charges up its main beam weapon, its main cannon. And it fires, and it shoots this energy beam out. This energy beam goes straight, and then the beam arcs up into space. <laughs> and it passes one of the two ships hits the other one, and in the wake of the beam, the second ship is destroyed. Yeah. Okay? It Just also passes through a mountain path. on the way. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say, when the clouds cleared, it was like Saitama after he had tried, after he had didn't, after he pulled his punch at the last seconds against Janos, uh, and the mountain was yeah. just gone. Yeah. So, yeah. It was just, it cut through a mountain, and just the sheer power of the main gun is just amazing. Uh, yeah, that was so cool. Uh, but then, and then uh, Global starts laughing maniacally, realizing uh, that they have just re they just refitted an enemy booby trap. Mm -hmm. That's that's what they're in. Sorry, I thought I thought my desk felt like it was vibrating, so I thought my phone was going off, but my phone's on the opposite side. Anyway, anyway, that was weird. <laughs> okay, so next, uh, next, uh, so the <clears throat> humanity then realizes that they're being attacked. They detect those ships coming in, um, and they scramble. They have everybody scramble. Roy leaves Rick in the cockpit of the of the fighter and says, "Stay there, don't move." And so they all which, go which, off. Which I'm sure you know that's where George Lucas stole it from. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> uh, but anyways. But, but uh, just like in episode one of Star Wars. Yep. Being told to stay put in the cockpit means. did exactly that. I never left the cockpit. But. Uh, Except in this particular instance. It was. Uh, Misa. Is that her name? Misa. It was Misa. Who starts yelling at him in this cockpit. Says we're in battle mode. You need to be out there. We are at war. Get out there. Stop lazing about. And he's just like, um, okay. Hey. And so, uh, yeah. He turns it on and with her help gets things going. And because there's a bunch of controls and stuff that he just doesn't know yet. Um, but yeah. Uh, anyways. So yeah, he goes, he gets engaged in the conflict. He doesn't fire, but he's. Uh, yeah, he, he gets up past a cloud level and then it, it's just bombarded with enemy fire and he's never he's never flown in combat before. He's done stunt planes his whole mm -hmm. life, but he's never flown in combat before. And so he follows uh, Roy's instruction of staying behind him. And so he mm -hmm. does. But what happens is he ends up um, getting shot down anyway. Mm -hmm. And he loses control, starts going into a tailspin. And... Um, doesn't know, and that's when Lisa uh, Misa gets back on the uh, the radio and says, "You're about to collide with us. Pull up, pilot." He's like, "I'm having some problems with here. This, the controls mm -hmm. aren't responding." Well, just switch it to B mode. What? Mm -hmm. Throw the that... switch that says B on it. What, what are you oh. talking about? I don't know what that is. What, what do you mean you don't know that lever right there that says B? Just throw it. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and then suddenly the suddenly. His... And that's when Misa starts realizing there's something really, really odd about this. She's like, what's going on here? So well, that's when his plane turns into a giant robot. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of the episode. Yep. End of the episode right there. Uh, Next episode starts yeah. with 
the giant robot being right there outside of Lin Min May's house. Mm -hmm. And uh, trying to figure out, okay, uh, and so was it her cousin, her little brother wants to run something. Runs up to her room, which is on the third floor, to go see what this, uh, see what's going on out there. And they see this giant robot. And then the robot comes up, and an empty chair rises out from the top of the robot. There's no one mm -hmm. in it. And then that empty chair keeps going up in the other chair, because apparently it was a two-seater two cockpit mm -hmm. to begin with. So whoever was on back ends up on top in the, in the uh, pilot's chair. And then uh, it goes up. It uh, and there's there's Hikaru, and he looks down at Min May and goes, "Can you tell me what you see?" Because he yeah. doesn't quite believe that he's inside of her. Doesn't quite, and she's like, "Uh, you're inside." And he's like, "That's what I thought." Yeah, she's like, she doesn't even finish describing it. She's just like, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I thought." Great. I'm in um, a giant robot now. Mm -hmm. Why is my plane a giant robot? What is going yeah. on here? Yeah, uh, I can tell you that. Is this more military secrets, Roy? <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't tell you. And then one of the one of the um, it's still dated, but it's still probably the lot most effort put on the animation for this particular sequence. It says he's trying to get himself up and running, trips over himself, can't figure out how to pilot a mech. Mm -hmm. He's he's a he he he's a pilot. He's not a mech pilot. Well, he's so so. What's he mm -hmm. do? He trips on himself and then lands head first into Min May's room. And so yep. in a very dramatic scene, we see Min May and her little brother running from a head that is barreling into their room. And mm -hmm. I swear, uh, every every American director has tried to mimic that that, that scene you think in an so? American action film whenever possible. Uh, barreling into the room and just devastation the floor cracking and the ceiling mm -hmm. destroying and everything coming in and then yeah then they're okay yeah so uh we need to talk about uh lin minmay for a little bit okay oh. uh just so uh we're not going to get into why because our viewers who decide to watch uh, Macross or Robotech, whichever they decide to go with, will learn this for themselves. <laughs> but for the last, for about 20 years, ever since Macross really kind of came to the States, for about 20 years, Lin Minmay was the most hated character in anime in the United States. Okay. I won't go into why. I would like our viewers to go ahead and watch this for themselves and just see how awful Lin Min May actually is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the entire time, and uh, like the next couple of episodes have Lin and Hikaru uh, spend quite a bit of time together. Um, and the entire time, you're just like Hikaru, like if you know Lin, you're just like Hikaru, stop. Just stop. Just get away from her. Just stop. <laughs> So, anyways, I just wanted to go ahead and vent that little bit just for our viewers. Um, By the way, in case you didn't know, the University of Utah has a document created by some of their students years and years and years ago that is the 100 Rules of Anime. Oh, no. And, <laughs> like, number one, the law of metaphysical irregularity, the normal laws of physics do not apply. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, there, there, there's one that, uh, um, yeah, number five, the law of mechanical mobility, second law of anime motion, the larger a mechanical device is, the faster it moves, armored mecha are the fastest objects known to human science, <laughs> but law 17, the law of transient romantic unreliability, Minmay is a bimbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She made she made the list. Like I don't know if there's any other people who as whose names made the list. Yeah. Lynn Minmay is the worst. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not joking. For 20 years, she was the most hated person in anime. Easily. It's, it's true. 
It's true. I'm still thinking negative things about her. <laughs> so, and I honestly had never even seen Robotech until a couple years ago. So, but ah, uh, like even from then, it's just like she's awful. She's so bad. Ah, uh, yeah. Mid May yeah. is bimbo. Yeah, and so these are kind of. I don't know if these corollaries are in terms of importance, but uh -huh. the Minmay is a Binbo law comes just above the law of hemoglobin capacity. The human body contains over 12 gallons of blood, <laughs> sometimes more, under high pressure. <laughs> I remember this list. Yeah, I'd completely forgotten this list existed, but yeah, yeah. Do yourselves a favor. Let's 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 put a link of that into our website, and maybe we can probably tweet, uh, send out a tweet for it as well. But uh that list is amazing. That list is a work of art. <laughs> yeah, no, guys, just like if you're not going to watch it, just trust me on this. She's awful. Okay, awful. Anyway, anyway, let's go ahead and move on. So there's fighting is breaking out across the entire island uh, as the Zentradi, as uh, we know that's what they're called, yeah. as they're invading in their bipedal uh, mechs. They're kind of like little pods. Yes. Um, and something that I wrote down, something that I was very, very happy about is this is a big, I don't know, I don't, pet peeve isn't really quite the right phrase for it. I guess, I guess more of an annoyance rather than a pet peeve. Okay. Um, I hate seeing when soldiers are treated as fodder or treated as, um, uh, or treated as, uh, you know, um, like they're running around like idiots on the battlefield and they're just getting taken down one after expendable. another. Yeah, like they're expendable type thing. And they're just there to prop up how powerful the enemy is. Now, there's something, uh, there's a literary thing called the food chain of badassery. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, and let me go ahead and go into that real fast just so people know the differences. The food food chain of badassery, uh, it's it's the easiest way to set up how strong your character is by having him beat somebody up and then having somebody else beat him up. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they do this perfectly in Metal Gear Solid Five. Okay. Um, so Soviet Spetsnaz. Mm -hmm. How rougher? How tough are they? Go on. Yeah, Soviet Spetsnaz are just—they're their elites. You know, they are the elite, or they were the elite during the Soviet Union. Uh, sure. That's like you know, they're like our Navy SEALs. Okay. One guy comes in and defeats a squad of them by himself. Right. Okay. Then Snake comes in, beats the crap out of that guy like he's nothing. <laughs> a little bit later, Snake gets the crap kicked out of him by the person who's going to be the main antagonist of the game. Wow. So, uh, yeah. So that just that's that's called the food chain of badassery. You establish how strong somebody is. You then have your character beat that guy up, and then you have your character be beaten. Unfortunately mm -hmm. for Worf... He was always the butt of let's show how powerful these aliens are by having them beat up Worf. Yeah, and so it became a running gag for him. Uh, yeah. But they they did it well in um, in Firefly by you know first episode Jane by himself is taking on a full bar of people mm -hmm. because it's fun to beat people up. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then the mention of the word Reaver causes him to wet himself. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a that, perfect that, that's. That's how the that's food a, chain works. That's the food chain of badassery right there. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, you have the scene in uh, Serenity where you show just how strong River Song, oh, not River Song, River Tam actually River is. Tam, yep. <laughs> yeah. There's no power in the verse that can stop her. Uh, anyway, uh, so... Now that, now that, so that line wasn't from Serenity, but yeah. No, it wasn't. Uh, but uh, that, yeah, that was from Firefly. But anyways... Um, I brought that up simply because I love how competent the soldiers are. Like, yes. it's their first time fighting these things, but th they just ended, like, an eight-year war. Like, it's shown, like, they say that, um, uh, they say that Roy, the, they tell Roy the war ended two years ago. Why didn't you come home? He Carl talks to him about that. So mm -hmm. the war was pretty much, uh, this is now takes place ten years after it, after it crashed. So the war was probably about seven or eight years long, the Unification War. So yes. these are battle-hardened soldiers, and it's showing right here they know what they're doing. So even if they are outnumbered, they're still they still know how to fight, and they're still very good with the technology they've been trained on. Like there's right. this great shot where, um, and so uh, the jets, the jets, the Valkyries have three modes. 
Um, there's Jet, there's uh, Guardian, and there's, um, I think it's Battle. I don't quite remember what the B stands for. But Guardian is when it's its, it's tall uh, humanoid form. And then for B, it's between the two. It is, um, it is, uh, it's jet, it's a jet, and it has arms and yeah. uh, legs. And yes. it moves real fast. It's probably, it's the fat, I think it's the, it's not as fast as a jet, but it's much faster than the guardian mode. Um, right. So one of those Entrati's trying to shoot one of them, and he goes around and he, uh, go, uh, and, the, the pilot takes him around a, a building and then Zentradi follows and he's not there. And so he looks back and he's looking for him again and he cuts back. And then all of a sudden the jet is in guardian mode and he blows away the, uh, the Zentradi. So yes. it, it already shows how competent the military America, uh, not America, the earth's um, forces are already. And I loved that. Yes. So you don't see that enough, but anyways, no. uh, it is it is a delight when mm -hmm. you have when you can show competence in that regard. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so the uh, uh, the fighting continues, and for some reason, Minmay ends up in the mech's hand of Hikaru's um, guardian uh, mode. Minmay and her family went to evacuate. They went to the shelters. Minmay ran back for something. Again, Minmay's an idiot. She ran back for something um, that apparently was worth more than her life. Uh, and she ends up being attacked by one of the Zentradi. Mm -hmm. Rick and uh, Roy and Hikaru save Minmay. Um, and then Roy says, get her out of here. So, yeah. And then that's when Hikaru picks her up by the robot with the robot hand. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyways, synopsis. Go with what you were gonna say. Uh, well, there's just there's a great uh, animated sequence where she's in his arm. Uh, he, he's holding her, um, and trying to. And um, he's getting attacked. Flies uh -huh. up into the air, and the arm gets blasted off at the elbow. Yeah. And so she starts screaming and falling through the sky, and Hikaru pilots his mech to match her speed, open the cockpit, pull her in, and close the cockpit, almost falling out a couple times himself, mm -hmm. but then bottoming out just before crashing. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's just, again, one of the, those more amazing animated sequences that... Uh, especially for the time period that it was in. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yes, especially for the time period that it was in. It was a really amazing scene for that time. And it still holds up today. It's still a good scene to watch. It is. Um, so, uh, uh, and so that action happens uh, and I wraps did, up like, uh, episode two, more or well, less. There, there's a line that I wanted to go ahead and cover from episode two as well. Um, when, uh, after uh, Hikaru grabs the girl, um, Rick, pretty, Rick, this just kind of shows how good, uh, not Rick, Roy, this kind of shows how good friends Roy and Hikaru are, where Roy pretty much just, like, says, make sure she gets back safe. And he's like, wait, what about me? And Roy says, well, I don't care if you die, just take care of the girl. Oh, is that how it is? Oh, yeah, is that how that's it is? A... Yeah, yeah that's... that's exactly how it is. <laughs> oh, I see. Mm -hmm. I see how it is. Okay, uh... Yeah, so yeah, that's the end of that episode. And then episode uh, three, so uh, three, the attack is still combat. Yeah. There's a lot of combat. Um, uh, but they also like they 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 fight off the forces for the most part, and they're able to um get everybody onto the SDF one. But there's a great exchange between uh between Hikaru and Roy and Misa, um and uh. This is when Misa first realizes that Hikaru is a civilian and he is piloting a... Oh, real fast. Um, when does this happen? I'm trying... No, 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 no. This is episode... When does... I think episode two ends with uh, Hikaru... Yeah, no, so here's how... When episode two ends, okay? Because uh, episode two ends... Uh, Hikaru is very, very anti-military. He thinks that it's he thinks that it's a waste of time. Right. But after he crashes, um, he almost takes out a uh, a Zentradi 
uh, Zentradi battle soldier. Yeah. Uh, and the Zentradi gets back up and so does he. And he realizes that Minmei is unconscious in the back of his jet. And uh, and he needs to protect her. So yeah. he opens fire on this Zentradi. And empties his clip. And he empties the clip. And uh, the Zentradi mech falls over. But then the hatch opens up and this giant comes out. And this is the first time you see that Rick, or not Rick, Hikaru sees... Um, the uh, uh the Zentradi, yes. and it, he's a human, but he's he's as big as the mech. He's as yeah. big as uh, Hikaru's mech, um, and he starts freaking out as this uh, Zentradi is coming towards him. And then Roy shoots the uh, the Zentradi from behind. And he says, "So yeah, that's the secret. That's why he built the mechs. It's to fight these giants." Yeah, we we so, we, we didn't know they looked human. We just knew but, they were but, this yeah. big. We didn't know they look well, like the, I did. But he says specifically, I didn't know ah. they looked human. So either he didn't have the security to know they looked human, but he knew that they were giants. So, well, or, I think, or no I one think knew they were humans. There, there's no reason for them to even know that they looked like humans because they're fighting Zentradi. They assume that they're dealing with giants because the the it the battle station that they're retrofitting had was built for giants. And then they had to retrofit it to work for them. So mm. they knew they knew that what they were fighting was that sized. Mm-hmm. Which is why that they could have, you know, certain corridors could house multi-story buildings mm-hmm. in, this, in this battle station. Mm. Now that's not really covered in the first three episodes, but it is, you know. No, it's not really. Like they just kind of touch on it at the end of at end of episode two. And episode two ends with Roy flying off and saying, hey, Rick, what are you doing? Come on. And then Rick shuts off the communicator because he can't handle what just happened. So yeah. the, the shock is just too much for him. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, so episode three, Roy goes back for him after everyone else has land, ha, is on the SDF-1. And uh, he comes down and he says, hey, Rick, or hey, Hikaru, snap out of it type thing, you know. And he ejects the front end of the ship. Uh, he doesn't, it's not like an eject where the cockpit comes out. He just slides the front end off and attaches it underneath his arm. He's like, yeah, it's pretty cool, huh? <laughs> um, and it's anyways. True. And then he, when he transforms into, uh, into his guardian mode or whatever mode is half airplane, he yeah, tucks it under his main fuselage. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Kind of under his main fuselage, kind of between his legs. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, uh, yeah, and then on the way back to SDF, then we have this scene where uh, he, uh, Roy's uh, calling in for a landing, and Mises is like, uh, um, kind of yeah, shooting him out for what he Ro- did. Because Roy had previously, he had gone back for uh, Hikaru specifically yeah. because mm-hmm. he said, because uh, specifically it was, um, oh, what was the name of the vehicle? The VT-102, something like that? V- I don't remember yeah. the first V-102 or something along those lines. It was 102. Mm -hmm. Two letters, V-T, I think, and then 102. Um, But what happens... But So Roy leaves the rest of his squadron to go take care of this... To go take care of him. And then comes back with him. Mm -hmm. And so so that's how Misa knew something else was on... Something was on his way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Uh, this conversation happens. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, uh... Yeah, so they learn. Yeah, they learned that uh, he's a civilian. She gets very upset and starts chewing him out. And then uh, she, she is the says, most serious of all the people on the, the bridge crew. We get introduced yeah. to the bridge crew, and she is yeah. the most serious one of them. And uh, yeah, she's very like we skipped a conversation. We don't really need to go into what the conversation was really about, but we skipped a conversation and. Uh, that she and another one had, and one of the other girls overheard her and said, oh, so even our first lieutenant has romantic feelings type thing, you know? Um, Because apparently she's very, very stern and very professional while on the bridge. Um, But she, uh, she and, uh, but anyways, she's calling out Roy, and Hikaru says, hey, Roy, who's this old lady? Obasan in Japanese. Yeah, she sounds like a, yeah. You sound like your mom. Like, sounds like your on? mom. Yeah, and he and Roy starts <laughs> on a laughing. live, li- on on a live on a, line. On a live line. Yeah. Roy starts laughing. Misa gets pissed. Like old lady, and then all the girls on the bridge just start giggling. Even the captain is laughing at it. Um, 
and like he's 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 trying to keep his laughter under control because he doesn't want to have to face the wrath of Misa. Yeah. Um, but uh, Roy and uh, she then uh, and Global got into clears... a little bit of trouble earlier because he wanted to smoke his pipe, and one of the girls was like, "There's no smoking on the bridge." I was just holding it in my mouth. I was just I know I, I was just holding it in my mouth. Uh, but uh, as he puts the tobacco, Misa then to gives pocket. Roy clearance, and she says, "We'd appreciate it if you don't die in your landing." <laughs> uh, and uh, this is why I look up the ages, just because it's like, okay, I know that I know that Misa is older than Hikaru, but how much older? She's nineteen. Okay, and you establish she's sixteen, and he's uh, sixteen or seventeen. Um, I think he's turned 17 during the series because, uh, according to the wiki, um, she was born March 3rd, 1990, uh -huh. and he was born um, November 4th, 92. So it's not, he's not quite 17 yet. He'll be 17. So he'll okay. be 17. So he's about two and a half years younger than her, two and two thirds of a year younger than her. So um, but yeah. her an old lady. He's calling her an old lady, and that's mostly because of her personality, not her looks. Um, right. Because if you take a look at her, at Misa, she's a very beautiful woman, uh, yeah. but she just does have she just has that personality of being much, much older. Uh, yeah, but just that line, we'd appreciate it if you don't die in your landing. You know, uh, she <laughs> yeah, she's having none of it. But anyways, uh, they're flying after that. They start going off into I, space. I, it seems like one of those lines that you'd say, you know. Um, she's trying to be as courteous as possible under these circumstances, but to just invoke the word die is kind of mm -hmm. like, um, it's kind of like telling an actor good luck as they're going out on stage. Uh -huh. Sort of, uh, it's bad luck to say good luck on opening night. If you do, I tell you, it is certain by the curtain you are through. Good luck. That's from the producers, if you guys don't know that. Educate yourselves, you uncultured swine. Please don't at me. At him. At him as hard as no, you can. No, no, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't give me to the temptation. It was a joke. Don't hurt me. Anyway. I am so, so the battle continues. They've uh, got the SDF off the ground. And things are going badly for them because there's a huge attack fleet that they don't really have a chance against. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, Oh, what's and and so Long the uh, they fly up, the other it, ships up there get attacked, uh, and they're like, "We got to get out of here." So and and so global decides to go back down, and then use the fold space down there, not knowing exactly how it worked. Yep, just that it worked. And we should probably note note that Rick and Minmay are currently together and Rick is putting his because his uh, his propeller ship is there on the SDF one operation coming back down from space during this operation he's reunited with uh, yeah Roy's dropped them off and reunited Rick uh, reunited Hikaru and Minmay with Hikaru's uh, propeller plane so yep. she recognized that from uh, from the the stunt plane from before mm -hmm. so she kind of realized oh you're the guy who did this um and so yeah, so they they try to leave. Yeah, they try to leave. And so they're, they're out of they're out of the SDF one, trying to la get back down to the island where her parents and her family are currently in a uh, um, a bunker uh, for their safety, uh, mm -hmm. um, where everyone else has been evacuated to as well. And um, that's when the full space event happens, and it's a pretty big event. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool. Um, because what apparently what happens is when you perform a fold space operation, a sphere of energy. Oh, I forgot to mention what happens when they try to take off. When they first try to take off, the anti gravity technology rips its way out of uh, out of the ship. Out of the so ship. That's, yep. So that's that's kind of disappointing to watch. Yep. <laughs> like, what's happening to my ship? All right, let's try this then. Um, yep. And so it creates a sphere of energy around it and, and takes with it anything within that sphere, including the entirety of the island below them, all the oxygen in the atmosphere around them. And yeah. And they, uh, a sudden, and so face, they fold space, 
They're now in outer space. They think they're on the far side of the moon. Now, that's I don't know where they're aiming to go. Yeah, that's where mm-hmm. they were aiming. I don't know if it's revealed in. I don't think it was re- revealed in this episode, but I know that in Robotech, they say that they actually made it to the other side of Pluto. I don't know if that's also true in Macross. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see what they say in the next episode. Um. So. Uh, but um, they end up teleporting a number of the Zentradi, uh, battle so- uh, you know, foot soldier, uh, mechs with them. Mm-hmm. So they're in space. They're trying to figure out what's and so, uh, Hikaru and Minmei trying to figure out what to do because the propeller isn't actually propelling them because repellers require air to propel themselves through. Mm-hmm. And they're now in space. But fortunately, this propeller also happens to have a rocket on the back and he's able to maneuver them. And uh, out in space, uh, one of the battle mechs manages to blast a hole in the SDF one. And... Um, Rick, man, no, sorry, Hikaru, mm-hmm. it too. Yeah, Hikaru I know. Flies into the hole. Before... It's it's hard to unprogram, you know, thirty years of calling him Rick Hunter. But anyways, <laughs> it, it can't be done overnight. Nope. Give me a week. Um, <laughs> but Hikaru flies in. The SDF one has um, repair mechanisms, so a gate closes up the hole, hitting his plane as it's coming through spinning him around and he lands upside down in some cables um and then we find out that in the next time that he's in a section of the ship that is not actually connected to the main area of the ship mm-hmm. and so he and so the next little while uh, min may who has an episode named after her episode four will be about the two of them trying to survive on their side and trying to make their way to you know where the other people are mm-hmm and that's episode three. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything I, else? That's, that's, that episode, well, I was going to say, that's, that's something that just kind of showed, again, just how skilled of a pilot Hikaru is, that uh, he's able to use, you know, the simple jet on the uh, on his propeller plane, um, on, his, on his fan racer or whatever they call it, um, to get from the middle of space down to the, uh, the SDF-1, while... Um, you know, while there's a battle going around. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess you could say he has plot armor, but that's I think that's also just them setting up just how skilled of a pilot um, because he is. Hikaru is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he is. That's that's the whole point. I mean, he won seven championships, assuming they were annual. He's been winning them since he was nine. Mm-hmm. He is this good. Yeah, he's, he's an extremely good pilot. Okay. But yeah, Macross is great. There's a reason that it's still well-loved and well-known today. Um... I don't know if I'm going to watch any more of it just because, uh, one, I've got a lot of other shows and some shows we brought up today that I still haven't got caught up on. Um, But uh, you know what? I still give my this show my full recommendation. You know, it's a fantastic show and uh, anybody would uh, be better for watching it, I think. So, (laughs) yeah. What about you? I'm, I'm in the same boat. I had a hard time watching the first three episodes and focusing on them. I think the subtitles didn't help and I might not have mm-hmm. been in the right mood for it. I mean, mm-hmm. it is, it is an older show. Yeah. And as such, the pacing isn't as um, dramatic as more modern shows. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, just today, right after finishing those three episodes, I also watched the most recent episode of uh, Demon Hunter or Demon Slayer. Mm-hmm. And that that episode just it had my attention the whole time. Yeah. Whereas Robotech, um, it is it is a product of its time, mm-hmm. and uh, while very interesting, um, is a bit slower paced. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um. Yeah. So I still I think we both kind of recommend it, but just right now it's just not something that we're going to have time to watch. Anyways, so that was week two of uh, Americans in Anime, uh, with uh, with Roy being our Roy Fokker being our pick for an American character in an anime. There he um, is. So week three, we thought, why not go ahead and uh, you know do a show where almost everybody's an American 
and we picked Bacano. Yay! So, so fans of um, fans of Durarara should give Bacano a try. Uh, yes, it's actually created by the same person. Um, I don't remember what his first name is, but his last name is Narita. And uh, so but this is from taken from the fan wiki because unfortunately we couldn't find a place to stream this online. I own it though, so I'll be loaning Lee my copy and we'll both be watching it on, in our own time to uh, go ahead and, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> discuss it next week. Yep. Anyways, uh, Bakuno, which Narita translates, translate, blah, translates as stupid commotion, <laughs> is, is Italian for ruckus. An ongoing light novel series with over 20 volumes published. It takes place across three eras, the early 1700s, the 1930s, and 2000s, and presents its story arcs in anachronistic fashion. Though the arcs have their own... Anachronistic fashion. Though the arcs have their own stories to tell, they all fit within a grand overarching narrative three centuries in the making, with events in the 1700s still causing shockwaves in 2003. Immortal alchemists, mafioso, camarosti, bootleggers, assassins, and larger-than-life individuals from all walks of life find themselves ex- inexorably swept into the spiral eternal. So, yeah, that's Bacchano. It's, uh, I'm just gonna, I, it's crazy fun. I adore Bacchano. Um, so, uh, and this is one of the ones where actually it's, uh, it's, the English dub is really good. Like it's really good. So, you know, if you, if watch it in whatever language you want, but anyways, so that's it. That's next week. Okay. Yes. Uh, so that's it for three episodes in. Let's move on to our recommendation of the week. What do you got for us this week? Now I stumbled on this when I was out looking for where we could stream Bacchano. Mm. Okay. Because I actually Googled where to stream Bacchano. And the first result that came up was a website called because.moe. Literally, M-O-E, so because.moe, mm-hmm. and it's a stream anime streaming service search engine. Mm-hmm. You go in, it's a simple search engine, it's, a, it's not a smart search engine like Google, where it can kind of guess where you're, what you're trying with a misspelling. You have to spell things correctly, mm-hmm. and it starts with the first letter of a word in a sentence. So, I've, so what it does is it looks through multiple streaming services including but not limited to netflix hulu crunchyroll uh verve uh high five and a couple others uh funimation and a couple others that i uh wasn't too familiar with so i might actually have to check out some anime on some of these other streaming services um but it goes through all of their databases and tries to find uh anime that uh that you're looking for um and it seems to be pretty uh pretty good it says so what I was doing, you just go to because.moe, type in the anime you want to watch, and if it can find it, then click on the icon um, of the streaming service of your preference, and it'll take you right to it. Awesome. Yeah, I checked it out while you were telling me about it right before we uh, we started recording. Um, yeah. And that's how we know Bacchano's not available on any of these. Yeah, because we looked for it. We looked for it. Um Okay, uh, real sorry, I was just updating it because I found out that this person that because it's my turn now, um, for uh, creator shout outs, and like I couldn't find Twitter and Instagram for this person, but he's got them listed right there on his on his deviant art page. But uh, uh-huh. I want to give a shout out to Christian Angel. Okay, I came across one of their art pieces on, um, I think it was Pinterest, and thankfully the person who posted it also had the had the source for it. Um, and it's just this, like, he has this incredible kind of flowing, um, it almost looks like watercolor style to it. Um, I could be wrong, though. I'm not the best when it comes to what paint styles are. But it's just this kind of beautiful flowing style that he's got going. And the art piece that I saw was fan art that he did for Rise of the Shield Hero. Um, and uh, oh, if you go wow. to his Deviant Art page, he's got uh fan art from numerous shows uh and you can go ahead and purchase his prints online he has an imprint.com uh page um but yeah go ahead and give this guy a try uh go check out this uh this artist's um yeah this artist's work it is absolutely beautiful 
this artwork actually reminds me okay. of uh, some well, of that's the it art for, that you've seen for... Uh, you know, that's it for the Creator Shoutout, so I guess that's it for another episode. Alrighty. Thank... What's up? I was just saying that um, this artwork reminds me of some of the, uh, the, um, the art in the booklets for uh, the old Final Fantasy games. Oh, yeah, huh. Oh, hey. There's like a better quality, like more modern, more a better quality version of, you know, kind of those old wisp, wistful versions of the uh, um, uh, characters in Final Fantasy that, mm-hmm. uh, that um, you know, in the uh, Final Fantasy VI and VII art, uh, uh, their, their, their books had artwork that wasn't necessarily, mm-hmm. you know, in game because the games had to make do with the graphics that they had available to them. Uh, but no, dude, I'm. Uh, does this person has this person done Tara from? Uh... I don't know, but I think he would do an amazing job of Tara from Final Fantasy VI. That said, I just found a. I'll go ahead and share it with you. Uh, he did a painting of Albedo from Overlord. I, I, did you see that one? I think I see it now. Like uh, she's sitting on a throne with a uh, skull at the head of the throne. And yep, 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 yep. But yeah. no, like he would and be like it's less of a throne and more of a, uh, uh, a pedestal column. I would love to see Terra from Final Fantasy VI drawn in this guy's art style. That would be incredible. Oh, hey, there's one of Howl from Howl's Moving Castle. But anyways, so thanks so much for tuning in for another week, you guys. If you listen in on YouTube, please feel free to like this channel, uh, like this episode, uh, subscribe, and sub- blah, 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 blah. I'll say that again. Please feel free to like this episode and subscribe to our channel. If you like what we do and want to support us, please share our channel with your friends. Uh, where can they find us on social media? Our site, WhitakerWeekly.com, currently has the links to our Facebook page, Twitter account, and YouTube channel. We encourage all our listeners to follow us on the social media platform of their preference, and if there's one we're not on yet, please reach out to us on one of the ones we've mentioned, and we'll broaden our scope to include you. All right. Well, thanks so much for tuning in this week. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Ben Coombs for providing the artwork for our uh, for our website and for our, avata- uh, our podcast just in general. And uh, another shout-out to... Brasmataz for their song Dry Coke, which we use for the opening and closers for our podcast. All right. Well, I've been Andrew. I've been Lee. And this has been Whitaker Weekly. You guys have a great week. <laughs>